and then clap sync three two one god damn the gang's back together oh yeah <laughs> it's true actually like okay i know we normally like talk a bunch of bullshit and then segue in but i do think it's really funny that I was thinking on the clap sync that we just did and that we always do, right? The 3 one clap thing. Like after what we saw this weekend of my ability to have rhythm with cutting <laughs> wires, I'm actually like thinking like production-wise, have I ruined our podcast by not being able to comply <laughs> effectively? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Three, two, one, cut. Yeah, no. So, oh. so for quick reference or I guess context on that, there's like a scene where... You have like 20 seconds left to like cut the wires on a bomb. Um, and, you know, it's all stressful and shit. And they're like, cut the red wire. Which red wire? Fuck. Like all that shit going on, right? And it's just like a simple three, two, one press game. And I just, I mean, I must have failed it like seven times. <laughs> 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 and like Elena's sitting here like doing like something like, you know, like a music teacher would do for a three-year-old. Just sort of like big hand gestures like, uh, 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 like... <laughs> And I'm like, what? No, it's bullshit. It's not. Well, first of all, I did it on one the first time. And that was not clear. And you should be very clear if your life is on the line. So that was an unfortunate um, situation there. But yeah. So, God, how you guys been? Shit. It's been a little while. I feel like it hasn't actually been any longer. But it just feels like it has, no? It's been a while for Gabe. Gabe's yeah. back from the dead. Mm. He's yeah. Here. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in limbo, maybe between. Pretty much. Yeah, purgatory or something. I thought I could get away from the podcast, but they pulled me back in. <laughs> you tried to run, just like Craig did earlier. Why exactly. does everyone run from our podcast? I don't know. It's not important. But yeah. Oh, man. How's the fucking smoke been treating you, Gabe? Has it been fine? Like, does it, does it get into your apartment or? Um, no, I mean, it's been largely fine, except for the fact that I've been working outdoors a little bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, not ideal. Thankfully, I'm not like some people who the second there's like smoke in the air they just can't like deal with it and start coughing a ton so thankfully i'm not at that point but mm -hmm. i'm definitely not doing my lungs any favors mm -hmm. yeah oh dude i definitely am not like coughing but i do feel like a sore throat like all the time now and that's kind of sucks. Yeah. so i'm just sort of like damn you know just doesn't feel good and you kind of like wake up and you're like Ugh. well the, the other <laughs> maybe you should like, move across the country I almost did, bro. <laughs> Don't do it, McCoy. I'll kill you. <laughs> um, I, yeah. The problem is, like, w with masks, it's it's total opposites. Like, masks that are good for dealing with smoke are not good for coronavirus and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So we're just stuck in this mid-ground of, like, well, fuck. <laughs> Could you layer I them thought the N95s were okay for both. I mean, okay. Not ideal, though. Oh, okay. Got it. So it, it's kind of like, ideally, you would want a mask with like a breathing valve because that oh, would help with like yeah. the smoke circular, whatever the hell. But like, obviously, if you're dealing with a virus, you don't want that. Yeah. Right. Because you layer them on top right. of each other, just like, you know, just put a cloth one that has like <laughs> a cool symbol. Or, like, I a made a joke with my face. dad about that because I was like, yeah, you can just do that. It's like, it's like using two condoms. <laughs> oh, dude, that's just a great technique. It's not monetarily efficient, but it's very safe. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, uh, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> no, but wait. Don't. I actually, uh, I've been seeing this. I don't know if somebody even. Of course, I, like, but wait, I actually did that. <laughs> no, no, I never did that. No, God, no. Um, yeah, that's like the health class that I took, or I guess was forced upon me 
was clear about that. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they covered that material, and I am thankful. I guess I don't think that was just something like that I was like risking. No. <laughs> well, I just like I don't know if that would have been a problem that I was going to run into, but I guess I'm glad that I didn't need to like you know decide. Um, yeah, what's the term? Double bag that sucker. I've definitely heard that oh, one yeah. said. <laughs> Dude, no, but have you guys bag. seen this? Yolo. Yeah, that. I mean, so if two isn't safe because there's added friction between the two of them, if you add a third one on top, does that protect you from? I don't know. But yeah, like I guess what I was what I was trying to say is like, have you guys seen this? And I feel like someone mentioned this to me. I feel like this is not my novel idea, and it might be like I'm coming to the party like nine years late on this one, but. I'm seeing all these pictures online because I don't like do Facebook or anything like that. I feel like that's what I would have saw immediately. But I see all these pictures online and like Reddit and stuff. And it's like people taking like selfies with their masks on when there's no one there. And I guess it's like, a, 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 I guess it's just like a social thing. Like, yo, I, I believe in this or whatever, which, okay. But like, to me, I'm like, wait, there's no one there and you're just wearing a mask. Like, that would be a really strange. And you're taking a picture with them. That's just like strange. Like, I don't foresee myself being in my house with a mask on, taking a picture of myself. It just seems very strange. Like, have you guys seen this? It's the mask in case ninjas attack you. You want to be safe from the coronavirus. No, it's in case ninjas attack you, they'll think you're a ninja. Like, half the ninjas look, Uh, or half the masks look very ninja-like. Like, Like, I have a a black one, and it looks very ninja-like, and it's it's kind of awesome, but it's a little aggressive. Like, people look at me like, whoa, what the fuck, dude? And I'm like, dude, I'm a ninja. Like, leave me the fuck alone. But yeah, like a lot, like a lot, so, a lot of pictures on. No, I have not. not seen those pictures myself, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Yeah. Do I wear a mask when no one's watching? Um, sometimes. I mean, do you need to? Like, I'm, you know, like when I walk around here and there's no one near me, I'll take it off and have fresh air. Of course, when there's not smoke. And then if there's someone within like a 50 foot fresh radius, air I just put in it California, on. ha, I know not <clears throat> recently. It's 98% of the time. It's fine. But you know, see, at least it's within a 50 foot radius. Cause my favorite are the people that are like walking towards you with no mask on. And then they whip their mask <laughs> up when they're like one foot away from you. Yeah, You're exactly. like, no dude, it's too late. <laughs> like <laughs> Exactly. Dude. I had one person put the mask up and then sort of like kind of fumble it a little. <laughs> And they were like pretty close, and it was just like they didn't mean to, but they just kind of like, oh, sh- uh, damn it! And I'm just like, I think it was upside down, and they like wanted it to be right side up or something. I don't know. It was just like a, it was a fun moment of like them trying to juggle this mask and me just being like, dude. But yeah, for me, I do it when I see people. Like if I just see you, like at the max, pretty much the max di- distance, I'm like, cool. I'll just do this now. It doesn't. It's not a big deal. It's always the nice thing right. to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. The other thing I'll do is uh, if we're on streets and stuff, I'll just cross, like. Yeah, just I was gonna say that's usually anyways. what we'll do. We'll like if we're walking on a sidewalk and someone's coming towards us, it's like this game of chicken of like who's gonna walk onto the road first. And hundred mm-hmm. percent of the time, it's like us because I get within fifty feet and I'm like we're moving onto the street now. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean I just cross regardless. Like I don't even want them to cross. I want to cross. Like I don't mind. Like I again I do that like when I can see you. So like I'm right. playing like this game of like I guess it's not chicken. It's like Frogger. <laughs> you know when you're like jumping on the locks and stuff and you're just like jumping back and forth it's like that where i'm just like okay so i see two people in the distance one on each side of the sidewalk but i think i can navigate between them by crossing and then crossing back <laughs> and i can solve this so yeah that's why dude there's a couple paths by my house that are like really tight paths and 
I just I just can't go on this path anymore. I mean, it's like I can, but I just don't want to. They're just like really tight, and people really love them because they're like the they're the walking pads. So I just like do massive like carved circles around people in the field. Like I'd rather just go through the field and just like because there's like a path through the field and everyone like walks on the path and they're like if I would take one step in the fucking grass I would die. And I'm like, cool, I don't feel that way. So I just take like a massive like 20 foot radius around them in the grass. <laughs> then you promptly combust into flames. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then they stain my um my awesome shoes, right, or something. I don't know. I don't know what they're worried about. Sometimes your shoes get a little wet, you know. <laughs> my and designer I, jeans. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the the fur on my UGG boots, you know, gets a little <laughs> green tint on it. So quite a white girl of you. UGG boots yeah. in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's a power move. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you know, like, how fashion sometimes is what people can do less or do less, you know? It's like, it's like if certain people, like, if everyone dresses one way, then, every, then the person who's not dressing that way can, like, get away with it and be, like, different and unique. That's that's what I'm doing with the Ugg boots, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... This is not a fashion podcast, and please let it not be a fashion podcast. I can't. Um, I would die. But um, so I bought what? some new pants. Oh no! Um. <laughs> Are they awesome? I, of course, I like genuinely I interesting. <laughs> Why would you do that? Just go on the internet and lie like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh. I recently got rid of, like, I'm mean, by recently, like, probably a year ago or more. Like, I got rid of a lot of the, like, clothes in my, like, uh, I guess closet or whatever that I had kept being, like, someday if I become, like, the perfect weight and the perfect form and I lift the right amount of weights and I just look spectacularly good, I can fit into these again or for the first time. Cause I bought it sometime without thinking. Or <laughs> Yo, that like, hits yeah. too close to home, my man. <laughs> I know, dude. It's just like, oh, I'll never. So I got rid of all of them. Cause I was like, no, it's been, you know, six months or whatever. I'm not, it's not, if I'll buy new clothes then when I get there. Six months. Jesus. What? I got some of those from years ago. Oh, I mean, me too, but not anymore. That's what I'm saying. So I was like, what, what's the point of having them in the closet? I guess then uh, if, if I get to that point, you know, then I'll just buy what looks good then. And that'll be good to go. Um, yeah. so I donated all those. And now, unfortunately, um, my pants are falling off. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I could have I used some of those, but I'm like, whatever. Quarantine's having you lose weight too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, but it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter. So like, because I'm not actually going outside, so there's no incentive to really like, except there is a school right outside my house. So I do need to wear pants that fit. Like I can't even, I can't even <laughs> sag, you know. It's like a park, like right outside my house. That's not chill. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like fitting into clothes that I wore back in like seventh grade, still today, where I'm like, this only has five holes in it. I could still wear this, right? <laughs> perfect. Just practice sewing. It's perfect. Holy yeah. crap! It's That's very sustainable. Mm -hmm. That yeah, I could not fit into my seventh grade clothes at all. Oh, I well, that's because guys don't pants. stop growing. I stopped growing in seventh grade. And yeah, you're right. Then. When I stopped growing up, I started growing out. It is true. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, I think seventh grade is the year that I grew six inches. So oh, shit. Um, that 
that kind of uh, I had to buy a lot of clothes that year. <laughs> mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I think in seventh grade I was wearing like sweatpants and sweatshirts, so I probably could still fit in that, to be honest. <laughs> and I definitely was doing that during heat waves too. And people were like, you are lame. And I was like, well, yes. Are you okay? <laughs> that's like yeah. what what boys wore back then you know like it was just like not if you looked great sweatpants <laughs> well no the f- boys who no, looked great but... were sure to wear clothes that fit them well but oh, i was not sh- at my school really like everyone wore sweatpants and then the guys would always do the awkward thing they'd they'd have sweatpants and they do the awkward thing of just shoving both of their hands down the front of their sweatpants because oh, yeah. in, in my school they wore they thought it was basketball funny. shorts underneath the sweatpants oh, yeah, dude. but they always yeah. just like to stick both of their hands down their sweatpants so then everyone's just like what the what the hell? <laughs> it's just a standard guy move. I don't even find that awkward. That's just <laughs> that's just them being comfortable. <laughs> you know? Oh boy. Speaking of guy things, this mm. week we played mm. Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a little bit of an assumption there. What makes you think this is a guy thing? There was like a bunch of female characters. Well, mm-hmm. okay, so I'll give a little preface to my experience with the Call of Duty franchise. And I'm not counting Warzone that we played, you know, last year. Or was it earlier this year? Jesus Christ. It was earlier this year. That feels like ages ago. I know. Um, It was before the protests started. So it was a different year. (laughs) Yeah. Might as well have been. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, when I, back then, when I was a youngling, Mm. um, I, whenever I would think about video games, you know, I, first of all, had a very narrow mindset of that video games are guy things, but also I had video games equal guy things equal shooters like Call of Duty. So I always just saw Call of Duty as a guy thing, a bro thing. It's a bro game. You know, you got your, you got your commercials on TV of Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel, Call of Duty. You know, if you submit these tickets to your 7-Eleven, you can get the free Call of Duty starter pack i don't know but like (laughs) oh man before call of duty that was halo yeah yeah (laughs) but that's how i always saw call of duty and this week we played the call of duty modern warfare campaign oh but right but before we get into dude seriously like when it comes to the fucking tie-ins and shit and all the fucking red bull and mountain dew and just all sorts of nonsense like that uh they really leaned into that in the back in call of duty 4 i guess we could you know take a little bit to talk about the history of call of duty yes so please you- do i was gonna ask about the history because to be honest coming into this like fresh faced i was just like what is this all about so <laughs> <laughs> tell me what is this all about <laughs> so i don't know maybe gabe will have to help me a bit and maybe james for that matter too but i definitely at least my knowledge of the franchise was that there was one two and three that happened or something and they were probably like world war one or two or something i didn't play them but then call of duty 4 uh modern warfare came out the original modern warfare and it was like waves in the industry because it was essentially like the first triple a multiplayer game that had like a progression system in a serious way and was fun at the same time people have been like flirting with progression systems but this was like you kill someone you get 50 xp in multiplayer and you can use that xp to like uh like you know it's not like you choose but it levels up your character which then 
as your account gets higher level, you unlock more guns. And then if you use the guns, then you can start to get attachments for the guns. So you're like, oh, I really want to get the silencer for this thing. So I'm going to run into deathmatch and grind a little bit and get that out. And then cool, I've got the silencer for this thing. So I can take that into search and destroy, which is what I want to use. And so it had all these like layers of progression on top of a really, really competent novel, really tight feeling at the time, uh, multiplayer game. And all the reviews were like, this thing is unbelievable. And so for me, I had never played Call of Duty before, but I was like, cool, I'll buy it. And I didn't even play the campaign until much, 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 much later because I didn't care. I just heard this multiplayer was something truly to behold. And it absolutely was. And it was absolutely a titan along with Halo and potentially part of <laughs> Halo's demise. Um, and it was just the one of the most incredible multiplayers just ever. It's It was so amazing. And everyone was playing it. It was so exciting. Um, and so then... You know, that was that. Also, the graphics were amazing back then, and the engine was beautiful, and the load times were quick. And just everything about it was just, it just felt like, it just felt like this came from nowhere. Like, it it, it, it doesn't feel to me like it was just subtly building off things, and it kind of happened to strike gold. It was like they just, like, created something that was just leagues above everything else. Um, and then they did... I actually think they did like World of War in between there, <laughs> which is like, okay, so they went back to maybe World War II or something. And then. Well, the other thing to yeah. note, just real quick, is that sure, Call of Duty was made. It was started by Infinity Ward. And then I forget when, but along the way, then a second studio started making Call of Duty games too, Treyarch. Right. right, true. And now it's up to like three official studios that make Call of Duty games. Oh, shit. So that's kind of the the behemoth it's become yeah and there was stuff with various other studios assisting in different ways gabe do you remember people use, used to always say but i think this is flip-flop since then or maybe even multiple times but people used to always say like uh infinity ward which is the one who made call of duty 4 the revolutionary one the one that's truly incredible and, and basically changed the scape of multiplayer games and potentially video games in every regard they took rpg elements into a multiplayer shooter game and just we've never seen a game without rpg elements since um but yep. like people were like infinity awards the one that makes good ones and treyarch just makes the trash on the side but i feel like at some point didn't it switch like didn't infinity yeah. fall off and then so it started because i believe i believe treyarch made call of duty 3 and that was largely regarded as bad mm -hmm. and then world at war in my opinion was it was kind of like a wine where you know if you if you played it immediately after, you know, Call of Duty 4, you're kind of like, why why this? Mm -hmm. But now you go back and play, you're like, this is actually really good, in my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, at the time, yeah, it was like a step backwards because it was like, why are we going back to World War II when we have Modern Warfare? Which is like, you know, unfortunate because, you know, they were making their game already. It's not like they... Yes. It's not like uh, Modern Warfare came out and they were like, fuck it, World War II again. Yeah, because the reason why there's two studios is because they're making them in parallel so that the releases can be faster than any one studio could actually yeah, do. Yeah, it would pretty much be like it would be every year a Call of Duty. Right. Um, and so each studio would get two years. Yeah. But they would and then out. so then we kind of fell into a period where they, I would argue they were both good because we had sequels. So we had... Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, and Modern Warfare 3. Mm -hmm. And then parallel to that, there was Black Ops, and then Black Ops 1, well, Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2. Mm -hmm. And then 
that's kind of where, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion after two, was Call of Duty just became a mindless, like, every year, the same game just rehashed. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get, like, you know, Black Ops 3, uh, Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, uh, Black Ops 4. It was God. just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It is. Admittedly, exactly. admittedly, each one of those... Um, did improve on the graphics. Yeah. Um, I remember the um, Infinite Warfare. That's the one with um, uh, Kid Harrington. The famous actor. Well, a, a, a couple of famous actors, right? Um, like yeah. all of those, they started getting famous actors to portray people and they, they like actually looked like the actor. Yeah. And I it, mean, you it know, it felt like some of the first times that had ever happened. Um, yeah, the impressive thing about that is they were just using the same engine over and over and over and just, you know, adding little bits and pieces to it. But they were actually improving the visuals a lot. But it I'm was sorry, like, just, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of Mass Effect and they like what they tried to do with that yeah. and like where that ended. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's rather amazing they were able to keep it going with Call of Duty, but okay. I mean, you know, even as... Was it the same as engine? Call of Duty? No. Even as yeah, rehashed so. as Call of Duty is or was in the past, right? They were always top selling games, oh, no matter definitely. what. Right. Well, so I, I mean, I, six yeah. out of the ten best selling games in the past like decade are Call of Duty games. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, like, it's just like it's a very clearly like a successful sort of. I wouldn't say it's like silent, but I think like you know, maybe you start with a look peering into the gaming industry, maybe like Zoe did when you're like, Oh, that's what gaming is. But then you immediately step past call of duty and find what you're actually into. And then call of duty just silently does what it does in the background (laughs) and just continues to be really successful. And I would say like, at least in the call of duty four era, which was like the, the reinvention where it was battling with halo. That was also, I would say where like you started to see communities evolve on youtube in a serious way so it was like there was like oh yeah call of duty communities forming i mean that's where you see oh, the, teams like phase and stuff like that coming yeah. out of this you also got like the kind of the start of like internet content because i mean mm-hmm. it also mm-hmm. you know it came out around the same time as youtube yep so you started seeing kind of the the seeds of what would become like gaming YouTube yeah. channels or whatever, because you would see a lot of like you know, Call of Duty montages. Yeah. So at first it was montages from both games, Call of Duty and Halo, right? It was like clips and montages, and then actually it was like Machinima too. Way back in the yeah. fucking day, that was more for Halo, which is like Machinima is where they try to take the characters in the game and then make a movie based on like their movement. So it's like a guy holding a gun, looking up and down, and being like, "Yes, I did get the package." Like, just it's it's hilarious. Um, but like. There was that. It was montages, but then it became. Do you oh, remember, like, fucking like red versus blue or whatever? Yeah, 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 exactly that. And that launched a lot of people to do other interesting stuff. And in fact, they had ended up getting a huge platform. Machinima did, and then they ended up doing more of this other content stuff that Gabe's also alluding to, like things like I don't know if people remember H the Husky Husky from like StarCraft, but like he was like sort of similar to this in StarCraft, but it was from what was his equivalent? Hutch. 
it's not equivalent. Maybe they just both have ages in it. And my, my child brain was like, they're the same person. Um, but like there was Hutch uh, who would like, basically he would play through, he'd record all of his videos for all of his matches for Call of Duty. And if he had a really good one, and the, this is where good players were starting to emerge, you know, first in clips, but then also in long unedited gameplay. Like here was a game where I got 40 kills and 10 deaths. And then he would just talk over it, you know, and he would like, do, he would do, he had like a phrase like, you know, I'm just a guy who talks over Call of Duty videos. And he was like, say that every time. And at first, you know, I was talking about how he could be successful in the game. And eventually it sort of became vlog style. Like, here's what's happening in my life. Here's what's happening in the world. And it was like vlogging was coinciding with video gaming in a very strange way. So it was like, I is like hearing high level players talk about their day, like over videos. It was a very strange, weird like evolution, but it was that. And there was, dude, Gabe, do you remember uh, Only Use Me Knife? <laughs> no. <laughs> so he was a guy who would only use his knife and he would get like more kills than I would ever get <laughs> in a Call of Duty <laughs> game with just his knife. And so you would just watch this and you'd be like, this shit's incredible. Um, like, how are these people doing that? Um, and so it was like starting like this sort of stuff. It was starting teams. It was starting little bits and pieces of esports. All of this was coalescing in this sort of, I would say maybe... I'm not sure if it's the golden day for multiplayer games, but it's the start of like maybe a golden era that might have lasted 10 years or something. Because at that time, now this is different now, but if you'd imagine at that time, if you wanted to play some really awesome multiplayer games, you didn't have that many options. Like pretty much every other game was like dead. <laughs> like it's like, let's go play Army of Two online or whatever the fuck. It's like, no. <laughs> like let's go play this other game online. No, there's no one. You can't find a game. Um, but there was just instant queues and everyone was playing halo 3 and call of duty 4 and so it was like your whole school was playing these games like everyone like i remember being like this is the only time i get to talk to the popular kids it's over call of duty <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, that was our thing in high school is we would have like i mean like weekends you would just see everyone from your class online playing halo or call of duty yeah and you would do like custom matches with them yeah and yeah By that, was, like, do you mean all of the boys Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yes. No. We said we said it right. All of our friends. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> James, bold of you to assume that I talked to girls in high school. <laughs> I know. I know. Especially because yeah, if if like because it was easy. It was easy to talk to boys in high school because you could say Call of Duty in the first sentence and they their <laughs> eyes would light up and they'd be like, "Really, you?" And you'd be like, "Bro, give me your gamer tag." <laughs> and then the only thing back then that actually this is something that's being undone now. Um, but the only thing that was a hurdle then was, oh shit, what do you have it on? Oh, you have it on PlayStation? Oh fuck, I have it on Xbox. Like that was like one of those things that was this like hard line that's like slightly being undone now with crossplay. Um, McCoy's like one of the few freaks in high school who had a PS3. Dude, there was a couple other freaks, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's true and it was really awkward. And I actually, because I love games so much and because I loved multiplayer games so much, I saved it for an Xbox. Not because I wanted to necessarily, but because I was like, fuck dude. I, like first of all halo bro done halo's worth the xbox alone uh but but i got a playstation first and i was just like totally missing out on all this epic shit that was going down every weekend and i was like motherfucker um and so i ended up getting an xbox for that express purpose and i like i still bought all my single player games on playstation you know i just felt like that was right to do and i still listen to my podcasts about playstation I actually listen to podcasts about everything but you know, it was just like one of those things of like, dude, the multiplayer is really fucking going down over here on the 360. Like, there's just no doubt. Um, so, yeah, it was 
I mean, it was intense. Like, and and you have to understand that I, what I would also posit is that everyone. This is partially a controller thing versus the mouse, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But even within just the controller, like everyone, if you imagine, okay, let's say you do something for 100 hours, you might get a little better at it. If you do something for hundreds of hours over years, you might get better at it still. And I think the entire world, I guess, I guess I only play with the United States. So the entire United States got better at multiplayer games starting at this point and so at this time everyone was terrible 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 but that actually made it a very inviting atmosphere so you could sit there uh with a call of duty or a halo and be basically brand new and actually do okay because you're fighting a bunch of other people who are brand new so it really was the start of that and there it was starting to stratify by skill like we have a friend like ben who was always amazing like phenomenal and like he was starting to stratify and he'd play with his MLG teams or whatever. But for the rest of us, like it was, everyone was terrible. And so I I don't think that really exists in the same way today. I don't know. Do you, do you feel that, Gabe? Have you felt that like people are just a certain level of good now that like you're not going to, because back then there's this thing called assassinating in Halo where you get behind someone and you melee them. Dude, you get like five assassinations in a game because people were just clueless. They just walk around corners like, what? Where am I? Like, that shit just does not happen today. Not in the same way. So, it was all of these factors coalescing. And then, basically, the sentiment came out that was like, like you guys were saying, Call of Duty is releasing the same thing over and over and over again. And I feel like every person who was on that hype train has, like, had an exit point till then. I mean, Gabe, do you know anyone who's, like, diehard Call of Duty that has played every single one and buys everyone on release? Or is that just not the way anymore? Did I know personally no but i know there's plenty of people out there who still do that mm -hmm. yeah so then why oh sorry okay so the last point i'll make before we transition the neck into this current one and why it's different because it is different and that's what made it so appealing but before we get there i will say dude for modern warfare 2 uh which was like the successor to like the the multiplayer game that shaped the space uh, they leaned so hard into like that Mountain Dew trash fucking Red Bull attitude that they like put like fucking marijuana leaves like in the game as your like gamer tag if you wanted to. And so you could like, people were like, <laughs> they just like, it's just like, it was like all this like, you know, fat smoking blunt rolling fucking like, <laughs> do you remember what I was talking about, Gabe? Like all those fucking tags and shit that people would have in fucking Modern Warfare 2 and they would like roll around and it would be like this dude's name is like Weed420XX and then X like Weed Blunt 420 x Yeah, but then, but but that that's what he put into the game. That's his name. And sometimes you could draw stuff with symbols and people would do that and they'd, you know, make porn or whatever, like loosely with triangles, you know, or whatever the fuck. But like there was like legitimately like weed paraphernalia in the actual like imagery of the game that you could choose and a lot of motherfuckers that I know from high school that are like lightly edgy were like, bro, check this shit. And it was always so funny when you're like, you see some kid that you barely talk to in high school and you play with them on college. You're like, oh my God, you're weed blunt smoker 420. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a school project with you. This is ridiculous. <laughs> How do you live with yourself with this name? But anyways, but okay. So they were using the same engine over and over and over again. And then they went to space or whatever. And people were like, what the fuck? I don't know what's going on. There's a wall running. People were mad. They kept going back to different sorts of wells, but they couldn't seem to find anything that was exciting. The general gaming people that talk, let's put it that way. I'm not saying like, and I mean like us, 
like talking head motherfuckers on podcasts and shit. No one's excited about Call of Duty. Now, are they still successful? Definitely. Are they potentially falling off? Probably. Like, I'm guessing that graph is not quite as powerful as it was last year, uh, you know, for their, for their series. And then they decided to say, let's take a little bit and redo this engine. Let's, like, seriously redo Call of Duty for the ground up for this Modern Warfare kind of reboot. And did they succeed, Gabe? What do you think? Sorry, my uh, cut out a little bit. What did you say? Oh, sorry. I was talking about the engine, bro. I was just saying, like, they made a new engine for oh, yeah, Modern yeah. Warfare. And the first thing you told me was, like, bro, this thing is fucking amazing. Yeah, no, it's like, because, like I mentioned earlier, man, uh, they used the same, um, they used the same uh, engine for, like, from Call of Duty 4 through, like, Actually, maybe narrow. I think like Call of Duty Two, you know, with with some boosts and different iterations from Call of Duty Two through like I don't know, Black Ops Three or Four, which is how long in years? Uh, <laughs> like a decade, like yeah, more yeah, close, I mean, like, right? <clears throat> I mean, COD Two came out, um, yeah, two thousand five. Through Black Ops 4 came out 2018. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. It's probably around. Like I said, not the exact same engine, but, you know, essentially like the the bones and meat of the same engine Hmm. with just, you know, little additives along the way. You could tell because, like, you know, you would have these cases where the graphics would upgrade and look good. But you would see like animations that had been just the same throughout the entire like Call of Duty history, and you just be like, oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like people would die in the exact same way, and you're just like, ah, yep, there it is. So that's one of the things that Call of Duty did. That's oh, like I think they did to save resources, or who knows. But like they have these like very clear death animations that are like not affected by physics until a certain point. So it's like really, you just yeah, you know, you just see it, yep. and you know, like that's a image of a person dying. That's yeah, gonna like play exactly the same way, or like something like moving really fast because they had like jetpacks and shit, and you'd shoot them, and they would just stop mid motion and do like a, <laughs> like an oh, like falling forward like, motion, yeah. and you're like, okay, <laughs> it was like one step away from them pausing in midair and then just doing the animation and then falling, <laughs> like it was yeah. like <laughs> exactly that, yeah. But but dude, so they so but keep in mind this engine is having to serve them for yes making the same game over and over again but also then at some point they dabble with battle royale with their game before modern warfare and they first of all don't make it free to play which they didn't make this one free to play either um but they don't make it stand alone you have so you have to buy the big 60 dollar, 50 dollar. Uh, no they made this warzone warzone is free to play no no the one before Oh yeah, sorry. Yes, you're right. Oh wait, Warzone's free to play. Oh yeah, they did do yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, what I'm what I'm trying to say is the the previous one they dabbled in battle royale, but they didn't make it standalone or free to play at least right away. And so it was like locked behind the sixty dollar game that nobody wanted to play because it was like the same game over and over again, and the graphics were just not that sick, and people were like kind of like wait a minute, and so I feel like also doing that. I'm sure they were working on the other engine previously, but it really spurred them to be like, dude, we gotta. We have, we've got to do something different here. We, we got to do something different. So what's so interesting about this game, if we're tying it back, potentially going into the campaign, is Call of Duty at this point, from my understanding, keep in mind I played 4 and then 
Modern Warfare 2 and and then stop for many, many, many years. But I come back into it and it's like they still have the same game modes from Modern Warfare 2 outside of Warzone. They still have Spec Ops, although it plays very differently and is honestly terrible in this modern iteration. It's so bad. <laughs> but okay, that aside, like they have these two concepts. One, reinventing the game. They reinvented the shooting. They reinvented the, like, you know, just the feel of the guns, the way they look. I mean, like, when we first started playing the campaign, we were like, God, this is gorgeous. The light through the trees, like, just the way that it focuses and doesn't focus. And, like, just, like, the all that stuff is beautiful. So they have that. They're balancing these new elements. And then they're also balancing sort of a Call of Duty, Call of Duty uh, tradition of what these campaigns have been what their content is, what they try to go for, um, like the stories they try to tell. And they've always been, like Modern Warfare was very uh, intense and controversial and violent and like horrific at the time. And so was Modern Warfare uh, 2. And it has like a, Modern Warfare 2 had this like famous scene uh, where it's like the no Russian scene, which is very controversial, which you, I believe could even skip at the time. There was like a menu option where it was like, hey, do you want to not do this mission? Because it's like pretty intense or whatever. Um, at the time, and that was like, dude, when I was in high school. So that was essentially, that was essentially like a, not just a trigger warning, but like an ability to like cut this content out of the game like back then. So that's like pretty, they, they knew it was like on a line somewhere. And so that's the campaign tradition has always been that. It's always been main characters dying. It's always been you committing atrocities, not always committing atrocities, but doing stuff really intensely that kind of hits really hard for the player and so they've been kind of carrying that through the series at least from what i've seen um and they land on this campaign which is still doing that stuff and potentially turning that up um and it was pretty intense i mean like <laughs> does anyone else feel that this campaign was like a pretty intense uh campaign like in terms of like what other games do you play and do these sorts of things really yeah absolutely very intense Hmm. yeah i'd agree like the and i don't want to preface this by saying like i i understand the intent that they're going for um but like they they do they do pull no punches in terms of the effectiveness of the message they're trying to send um i think there's a particular scene where you are raiding a terrorist compound or maybe it's even before that, uh, you're just trying to get info on where this terrorist compound is and you're raiding a house. Mm -hmm. And there is, you, you go through a series of rooms in this house and you need to determine whether the person is a threat or if they're safe. And it is possible, now granted McCoy didn't do it, but like you could shoot a baby in that scene. You know, you could shoot a mother holding her child. Mm -hmm. McCoy didn't do that in his playthrough because McCoy, I think, was on the more cautious, I think, of playthroughs where he was really trying to make sure, okay, like, is she going to pick up a gun? Like, let's see. But, like, I feel like games up until that point usually only be like, it's going to be a house of people who may or may not be threats, but they're all adults. Mm -hmm. And then Call of Duty this game kind of turned up one extra notch by being like, oh, and there's children involved. To which, like, I don't know. There's always, like, the don't kill kids thing in video games that, like, we always like to joke about with, like, Skyrim and whatnot. And that's kind of, like, how I felt with this, where I was just like, oh, man, like, you could have done that to a baby. Like, ugh. But, like, I understand, like, why they made that decision. But it didn't make me feel any less, like, I don't know, like 
icky, <laughs> I guess. To be mm. fair, if you harm the baby, you revert to the last checkpoint and fail. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's good yeah. that they don't let it's you immediate, proceed. And it and it it shows you a a, a screen that's like. What the fuck? You just shot a baby. Yeah. It's like babies are non-combatants. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then actually, if you do it again, so if you like reload and then do it again, the game actually kicks you out to the main menu. Really? Oh, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm. These are the things you don't see if you don't. But you know, it's interesting because keep in mind, like babies. the fan yeah. base of this game is all sorts of different people for all sorts of different reasons, of course, but it's always stereotyped. Is tweens? Yeah, that's what I, but I, you know, I mean, like, it's stereotyped as, like, these, like, you know, like we said, like, weed smoker, plunt 420, and, like, this campaign is trying to say, like, no, like, you have to really pick your targets here because there's going to be a lot of friendlies scattered around, uh, or at least non-combatants. I don't know if they're friendly, truthfully, but they're just innocent. Um, and it's just, like, it, it's a really kind of intense thing that they want to tell you and show you they want you to care they want you to be careful and they, but they also want you to feel the fear of if i'm slow at figuring this out i die and so do all my friends like you know it's the danger on both sides of that and that just how awful that feels in every single which way but it, it, it is funny to me because i can see that but I would not be surprised if that is lost on a lot of motherfuckers <laughs> that are just like, no, yeah, no, dude. But, that, but that's good that they like that they have kind of, I guess, a, a fail safe in a way where it's just like it kicks you to the main menu. Because I I can understand pro like probably when they were thinking about making this decision, they were just like, okay, we know we're going to get a lot of edgelords who are going to think it's okay to just like shoot whatever moves. They're going to go on their genocide route, literally. Um, and I mean, I guess it's good that they then just had that extra check in there to be like, okay, like you're clearly not playing this for the reasons we intend. So like, sure, they can boot the game back up again, I suppose, but at least it prevents them from progressing any farther But in the story. But further though, is a scene where you are, uh, not torturing, but I guess you are torturing, um. But you're trying to get, in, get intel out of this person and you use his family and you have to, to progress the game, you have to pull the trigger like on his wife. Um, and maybe there are other ways. Maybe you can shoot him or pull the trigger on him or I don't know. Um, but it turns out the gun isn't loaded, right? It's all like a tactic or whatever and you get to choose to let them live if you want. And it's just like, but like it then does continue to, to walk down that road also, you know, in the right. core parts of progression, which... It just is what it is, bro. It's intense as fuck. And there's a lot of like, there's actually a line uh, from Price that I think is what they're trying to go for with this whole game. And he's like saying, I do the dirty stuff so that the world can be clean. And I think that's like the intent of this game is they want to highlight the dirty things that happen even from the good guys in war. That the hopes is that they can keep things safe and clean for everyone, whether or not they succeed or not. Who knows, right? But that's kind yeah. of like the the fantasy here, and I mean, it's kind of like along the same lines. In that in that same scene, he also says something like, "At the end of the day, someone's got to make the enemies afraid of the dark." Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I don't know. I can see all sorts of different sides on how people feel about this, but I know that, like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's. 
I think there's something reasonable about the sort of the undertones of this, which is like, are the Americans the good guys and all the things that they've done, you know? And yeah, I mean, the <clears throat> the Call of Duty games, I as I remember, have always been slightly controversial in their unabashed like Americanism. Um, it's like these games are made in America by Americans and they present Americans in a good light. Like for the most part, um, that's, I mean, what I recall hearing about them at the very least. Um, and in this game, it, it's kind of trying to create a gray area where you can think about that, where you can discuss whether that's true or not. But then also, um, they like take the highway of death that the Americans created in the Middle East, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, what it was in real life, but in this game, it's created by the Russians. And it's not the same thing, apparently, but it is called the same thing. Um, and so when this game came out, there was something of an uproar about like about that and uh, rewriting history. Which is interesting, because I can see that, because it is using the real event, and for instance, they use things like Al-Qatar or Al-Qatara or something. Like, they change names and they change but this has always been like an alternate history series always and so it's always strange to me when people look at an alternate history series and then they get mad at the details or not mad perhaps just bothered i mean okay fair enough if you're bothered that's kind of different but you know it's like this is not an accurate portrayal of what has happened um and it's never been and it's always been like a spin on it and so i've always thought that was just sort of strange like that that people are so often upset with the details of that when it's like i mean I, I don't know i don't know an alternate history feels like a space where you might want to do weird takes on real historical events or you might want to twist things or you might want to have you know briefings from the president that say your your job is to go in silent and do crazy shit and you're like oh shit, did the president actually do that and like, i don't know but it's this like alternate history twist on this story so there's that element too. Right. But there's, so there's like, there's that. And like, yes, it's an alternate history, but then there's also like using an alternate history to rewrite history. Um, and, 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 um, kind of, uh, explain away, um, terrible things, um, kind of the, or or blame someone else for them that it's it's like yes it's an alternate history but like why did you have to name it that why couldn't you have named it something else you know yeah. it's like wh why did you make the choice that you did um <clears throat> what what's the, what are what's the reasoning behind that and is there is there a way to do that which doesn't feel like you're trying to rewrite history you know yeah, so yeah it, it was just kind of weird, too, because, like, the stuff leading up to its release, they, you know, they had talked, to, or they had some, like, scenes with the developers, and they were talking about how they wanted to really make it, you know, realistic in just how gritty war is. It's, you know, not a case so much anymore of, like, black and white. There's a whole lot of gray in between. Yeah. And then, so, for them to emphasize that, and it's like, okay, I can get behind that, you know, that's cool, making it more realistic, more gritty, more mm -hmm. how it is to the realm of reality, and what our, you know, soldiers actually go through. And then, yeah, for the whole thing of, like, the 
the highway of death. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was the Russians. It's like, mmm. Just a bold sit. choice. It just doesn't sit right, I guess. <laughs> well, it's just funny to yeah. me because, like, is the line really the naming? Like, if they had named this a different thing, are we are we good? Like, in other words, sh- yes. But it, literally, but, yes. But see, that's so strange. So, is that why they don't use Al Qaeda? Like, is that why they don't use that name? Because they're afraid of evoking this too closely. Like, is it really? Yeah, just- I mean, it's like why they made the game largely take place in the fake country of Urzikstan. They didn't want to choose a specific like Middle Eastern country, right? Even though they had real, you know, they had London, yeah. They had Saint Petersburg. They even had like the country of Georgia, mm-hmm. but you know where a lot of the the like nitty gritty fighting takes place, and like the rebels are. They were like, let's just go, let's play it safe by making it a fake country. Mm-hmm. So I guess, well, because I'm thinking of like James Bond. You know, like, and I'm thinking of even some of the novels and stuff of James Bond, but like, you know, they use real places and real characters and real pieces of history and all sorts of stuff to spin their, their spy novel. And sometimes there's even atrocities in that stuff. And it doesn't, I mean, this is like way more intense, but I'm just saying like, it is interesting to think intellectually about like where and what types of media you can use real properties and where you can't. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of alternate history stuff that just uses real names and nobody has a problem with it. Maybe it's much lighter, um, even if it well, is, I mean, you know, assassinating people in other countries and starting political wars and changing the course of history and stuff like that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like um, they want to use a fake country because they don't want to piss off a specific country, you know? as as a massive i mean um, they still pissed off russia though (laughs) oh well yeah Yeah, and they used russia like yeah um and they used the russian military whereas like in urzikstan it's just it's like freedom fighters that are non there's like no government in (laughs) urzikstan it's 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 purely uh different uh, non-government organizations, which usually means they're doing aid work, but not right now. Um, mm-hmm. it, so I don't know. I, I think that, um, there's a kind of a long history of, of using fake countries to, to depict wars. Um, and, I think some of it's like entirely unwarranted. Like, uh, I think that Al Qatala, like, there's no reason to call it Al Qatala instead of Al Qaeda. Like, everybody knows what they're going for. I think in that case, it's just like it's it's a little bit ridiculous that they chose not to. Um, I, I think it's probably like if I were to guess for reasoning, I think it's like they didn't want to make themselves a target to a real terrorist organization. Terrorist. Yeah, wow. that makes sense. And you know, I wonder who owns the uh, the rights to the Al Qaeda. You know, maybe someone does. <laughs> that would be a really strange reason. You know? They're like, fuck the. Legal. They'd have to pay money to the terrorist organization to use their name. Okay, that is. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> huh. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, 
it's kind of beyond the like this is alternate history um like commentary um i completely lost the train of thought that i was going for yeah well so that just happened so hear me out on this though this is kind of where i feel like maybe the discussion should go by the way if you remember feel free to jump in but like okay i think i think uh if you think contextually about what gabe was saying in terms of okay interview with the developers they're saying they want to make this more real they want to could do more gray area they want to do more realistic right all that stuff and i think that makes sense and i i, I think you could see why maybe someone should do that um and maybe even in their own history they've done things a little bit maybe more cavalier and hoorah you know um but then it comes to the same thing that i would think about gameplay that gets more realistic like some gameplay is super hyper realistic and they keep everything within the natural and they make some things maybe overcomplicated or they make some things not as exciting or fun as i would want or not as like fantastical like oh you can't fly but it'd be really awesome to fly in this game but you can't because it's a realistic game okay so, but I actually, so there's limitations to the realism and to the sort of gray area that you put into these games. And I actually wonder if that's true here from a story perspective of, okay, they made this a lot more realistic to war. However, do you want to experience war <laughs> is the question that I ask. Do you know what I'm saying? Even if I did a fantastically yeah. realistic uh, job of it, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that's the question asked with this campaign is do you want to experience that realistic gray area? I don't know. Some people do and some people don't. Um, and I could definitely see, like, for, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't think I do. Like, I, it's... What's wrong with you? <laughs> dude, it's, it's, um, it's the same reasons I didn't want to join the army, man. Like, shit out there is really <clears throat> terrifying and, like, really real. And uh, it's hard-hitting. And you play this game, and I'm like, wow, that is a lot closer to the hard-heading reality that I actively avoided. <laughs> you know, and I was just praying there wasn't a draft, you know. So, did anybody anybody else get that sense of this game where they're like, wow, really? That was a really harsh, real depiction, but, oh my god, why do I want that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially, I mean, especially with the Highway of Death scene, for sure. It was like this is really hard to watch. Like, I don't even know what to say in this instance, but this is a very real thing that happens in this world. Um, therefore, like, it might be important to see, but, like, I... Obviously, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I can see the importance. I think my question is, does that exactly land for the general audience who plays this? Because I, I feel like they, they made these creative decisions to get the player to think instead of just have it be a lot of senseless killing, which I think is like the reputation that this series of game usually get with like with media in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know when, whenever any boomer goes on a news radio show to talk about how the youth is lost, they always talk about the shooter video games. And like, I feel like this was their attempt to like, get a player to stop and think about what exactly they're participating in and get them to question whether or not they enjoy it. But I just genuinely consider how well that lands. Cause like for me, it lands for me, like I'd stop and I'm like, 
you know, this is awful. This is bad. I don't want this from anybody. Like, my my empathy drivers kick in. Whereas, like, I do wonder, though, how many people, you know, just kind of brainlessly go through the whole campaign and just want to do the action bits, you know? I would personally say, uh, to answer, like, your question with yes or no, I would say yes with an asterisk because... I think anyone going into the campaign and wanting to play, like actually wanting to go out of their way to play the campaign, I think, yes, it would affect them. And I think they would kind of get that message of like, it's not just running and gunning as much as that is Call of Duty. It's like, you know, there are moments to stop and think and kind of reflect on what's happening and kind of like the horrors and the cost of war. And then the asterisk comes into play because you also get the people who literally only play call of duty for the multiplayer sure so they miss that whole message entirely because the the multiplayer is very different from the campaign i mean the multiplayer oh, I mean, is oh, sorry, definitely <laughs> yeah so yeah you get the people who buy like every call of duty but especially this one because they're like yo multiplayer right that's all i care about and i hate it when people are like what's the message you get from the multiplayer game because i'm like uh, it's kind of like a sporty thing, you know, it's competitive, I mean, yeah, but there it, is no message, but it's exactly. Like, that's what I'd like to believe, but I can see why people <laughs> would come in and say, well, what's the message of a multiplayer game where there's zero ethical choices about shooting everyone, um, all the time. I, I, I see what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I don't think it affects me like that. Um, but I see what you're talking about. So if anything, the campaign actually has a lot more places in it where it might make you question than say the multiplayer does. Um, so it's interesting to think about it in that context because multiplayer might be the most distilled run and gun zero ethics part possible oh, absolutely. of the whole game. I mean, it's it's not, yeah, it's not meant to have a message. It's like, it's just your classic arcade, mm-hmm. you know, arena shooter. Mm-hmm. That's what COD yeah. has always, at least the multiplayer of COD has always been that. Mm-hmm. And they've essentially kind of perfected the the equation for that. Yeah, it's oof. This game was was intense, um, but they've definitely. That's the thing. I I, I think I think I maybe like to. I think I might have even said this earlier that they've definitely been somewhat more like gung ho hoorah in the past, and they definitely have been. But I also think there was always seeds of this sort of ethical questioning because it, the sense that I always got from these games, and the sense I get from like, like even like documentaries and just like so i'm not a huge war buff and i never have been and it's the same reason why i don't you know not really play these games because it just it fucking gets to me dude war is a true terrible thing and if you really truly take the time to think about what it is and the implications of it it's it will destroy you like you can't um there's just too much death and people and families and they all had families and it just you know it goes on forever um but like um the sense that i get from these this media that I've occasionally watched that's like deep and celebrates it doesn't celebrate war but it showcases war and it's like I think sometimes people confuse it for celebrating I don't I don't know exactly how to describe this but it's like the people that I know that are war buffs they think there is a realness to the terribleness like wow can you believe humans are capable of this like I'm not saying it's good but it's interesting in the way of how does this happen and how has it happened so much in our history and how does it keep happening? Like all those questions of like, humans just keep doing this, why? Like, 
And I think that's kind of entrenched in it. And I think there is like a, and I think Call of Duty has done that sort of concept of like, yes, we're celebrating essentially like our boys doing their work, but also though, we feel like we have to put in this ethical questioning too, because we actually think that matters when you depict war, because we think that's what war is, you know? And, and I, I mm. so I think there's been a lot of that. I know Call of Duty 4 had some of that too, where it just, it made you really feel uncomfortable. And that was kind of the way they wanted it to be. Like that's, if they didn't do it, if I felt like back in the day for any other reason, other than they felt that that's the way war should be depicted. Cause that's what actually is, is like, there is your side and you're rooting for your team almost in a sporting event, but then what you're actually doing and what's being done to you is just truly terrible. And so you have to like hold those two things in your mind together and, and hold, and hold them close. And cause it, you know, it's a long road. So, Oh, Oh, it's tough. It's tough to just see that. I don't know. Is it lame to say, you guys, is it lame to say that, like, I don't know if I'm getting softer or if the past, like, year has made me a little bit more maybe anxious to, like, real-world events that feel more real, you know, real dangers and stuff. But it's like, I wish I could have given myself this game as a when I was in high school when I played the first one. Like, cause I think I would have seen it and I would have in like questioned ethically, but I don't think it would have bothered me in the same way. I think I would have been like, wow, that's crazy. But I don't know if it would have been, would have felt real, even with the amazing graphics. Like, I, I don't think it's the graphics that made it feel real. I mean, I'm sure they did help, but it, it feels like it's almost where I am in my life that made it feel real. Do, do you guys feel that at all? Or is that ridiculous? No, I, I mean, I think. I, I totally agree with that. I think that um that it's also just, you know, maturity and understanding about the world, empathy for other people, other um cultures that you you don't always have as a teenager. Or I was gonna say I think that's just part don't of growing have up as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And um and then kind of I mean, I definitely agree with you that, that this game wouldn't have hit me as hard, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, if anything, I would be a little concerned if you viewed this Call of Duty exactly the same as you did as, right. like, high school McCoy. Right. But, dude, it's so silly, but I, ke I kept thinking when playing this game, like, is this what my mom is talking about when she said no violent video games when I was 10? Do you know what I mean? Is this what she sees? Or yes. is it more yes. intense? For instance, if that was it's, the past 10 years for me, I, you know? Yeah. Oh. I think there's also, like, a case to be said, though, is, like, you know, obviously our parents didn't grow up with this kind of stuff, and we did. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's more... It's more normalized, but I hate I hate saying that because then people claim that, like, this, you know, playing violent video games normalizes this for us. I think, and yeah. we're I think more that, likely to commit murder or something, but I think it's just fictional violence is more normalized for us but also being a healthy-minded individual is you know taking stock and being like this is this is fictional you know it can be based a little bit on realism or reality but this this is fictional and if you play like call of duty and then be like yeah i want to go shoot people then you're fucked that's, up. 
yeah, <laughs> then there's a problem. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that that uh, the context is what it's like. The context of this, like the campaign versus the multiplayer, um, like what the violence means, what the shooting like does for to you, and um, it, it, on an emotional level, is like really uh, interesting and um because like we played the we played the multiplayer with zoe the multiplayer uh well one of the multiplayer modes was zoe right in this Mm -hmm. game and um i would confidently say that that while an intense experience warzone is not emotionally taxing in the same way that this right um but it's it's the same guns it's the same i mean it's a lot of the same characters even Mm -hmm. that you're like looking at um it's it's the same shooting it's the same sounds so then what changes it right the story obviously um the the context in which uh we are enacting digital uh, violence. Um, we're cyber bullying the enemies, guys. That's what's happening. No, um, <clears throat> maybe James, please. Everyone knows cyber bullying isn't real. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, no, uh, that was a joke. I think... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's a delicate, you know, this um, whole thing is delicate, but we're doing a good job. So we out here. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think that desensitizing is not really, uh, a, a fair comment. We're just very attuned to the the context in which these things happen, um, you know. And uh, I I definitely think that I don't know. Um, I've had this argument with my mother before. Just hmm. context. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like it's our generation's equivalent to past generations, like playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then them claiming that that'll turn you into like a devil worshiper, right? It's it's like so you know, it's <laughs> it's like no, it's just just because I, I'm sure there are some not not to the, the devil worshiping thing, but I'm sure there are some people who, you know, a very small minority out there who are you know maybe mentally something's messed up and they'll, you know, get some kind of violence kick off of playing mm-hmm. a violent video game. But the large, you know, majority of people out there is, no, you, you play a violent video game, you're like, it's fiction. I enjoyed playing a video game, and now I can go back to real life, and I have no ill intent or, you know, yeah, it's, desire it's like to do... Yeah, playing a sport, but yeah. you don't have to stand up. <laughs> uh, like, all the best <laughs> exactly. sports. Oh, I don't know, I keep thinking of Bioshock. And, like, Bioshock Infinite specifically, where you just, like, just mow down, like, millions of faceless people. And it's, like, I do think there is, I, I don't know if it's, like, desensitizing. I don't I don't know what to describe it. I don't want to, really, I don't have, like, a huge opinion on that particular thing. But it's just, like, there definitely is this double-edged sword, I guess, when it comes to how realistic you portray your game. Because this game... And the characters in it and the enemies in it. Because this game, they went harder than normal, I would say. 
and harder than most to try to bring ethics into it. And it really makes you feel uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that maybe some people are like, I didn't even like that. What the heck? Um, but like you can see other games that put zero effort into trying to actually make these enemies uh, have any depth to them. And then all of a sudden it's like not uncomfortable and it's like a more fun sort of arcadey experience. And so it's interesting that I'm, I think in some ways it's like, it's almost like in some ways like you can the the more you try to make it realistic like the more all of the like the ethics of it come in and the feelings of it like come in and the more like real it is to the player even if in small ways like small percentages like it obviously wasn't real but you just it, it felt so different than playing bioshock or any of those other games where you just like you know you're just like a oh, action sequence <laughs> you know like it felt so different. Um, I do think there are parts of this that felt a lot. Like, actually, one of the mm -hmm. things I wrote down was just, I there were, like, some shooting gallery bits of this campaign mode that I just think, I don't know, like, it did kind of seem just, like, at, at times, just kind of seemed like mindless killing as you're just trying to shoot your way towards a building or whatnot. And oh, you yeah. have to, like, kill, like, 40 faceless Ru Russians yep. or 40 faceless, you know, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> hell, we, we kept on joking about it, but, like, you know, there's a bit where you have a laser pointer yeah. and you're, like, pointing it. We're, like, shaking it, being like, look at we have a laser <laughs> pointer. But, like, yeah. there's a fucking nuke that, like, yeah. hits the spot where you point, which is, like, <laughs> crazy. But, like, yeah. I don't know. And you're not really moralizing in those parts of the game yeah. as much. Because the that's guys. also... Yeah, I mean, that's also, like, the core of Call of Duty right, right. there. Mm -hmm. At least the campaigns is it's, like, you know, as much as they modernize it or spruce it up and kind of tell a darker tale, there's still going to be segments where you just kind of shoot through, like, yeah, 40 bad guys to get to a, the next objective. But it reminds me of Mass Effect where they, like... Was it Mass Effect that I'm thinking of where they, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, started to moralize, like, certain groups... And then they were like, fuck, we need the Vorcha. Like, you know, just like they moralized like certain <laughs> groups and they had to create other groups to like demoralize, I guess, or something. Um, there had to be new cannon fodder. Yeah. And so that's just a video game thing. And boy, does it feel extra weird in these games where they bounce. It's not just bouncing between story sequences where Elizabeth is escaping or where you're punching someone for being a jerk. It's in between like torture sequences and all this like human suffering and then it's yo let's kill 40 people so we can get to the building and have this slow cut scene of torture you know what i mean it's like it's a very weird sandwich um yeah and that might be which yeah. is why i also think that the length of this campaign i think it's notable this game is not long i think in total it is six to eight hours yep. something about that yeah i mean i think that's I'm, also kind of like a a algorithmic staple of the COD series is, you know, they don't want to make it too daunting mm -hmm. to right. play through. But it, it also, like, I, I thought that the story was very well paced, and it was it was at a point where the, the shooting galleries didn't seem so excessive that it was over-glorifying. Like, I can understand why they put them in there. But then also, it wasn't just a game inundated with heavy moralistic choices that make you feel like shit <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no i i agree they did I have think, to strike a balance <laughs> yeah and that's kind of why i wanted us to play this 
this Call of Duty campaign as opposed to like literally any other COD. Because in the past, I mean, Call of Duty's had, you know, their controversial moments and, you know, a little bit of thought provoking stuff here and there, but largely it's just shooting gallery after shooting gallery after shooting gallery with, you know, action sequences thrown in there. And I just feel like they're nowhere near the same level as this one. Yeah. It's right. The, but the, and the shooting galleries are kind of supposed to, well, they do different things and they were very varied. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but like they were very varied. It was like this time you have a rocket launcher, this time you have flares, this time you have a sniper rifle, this time you have, you know, detonators that are blowing up places. And like this time you're breaking into a close quarters building. So, but I feel like they're always trying to evoke this kind of feeling. <laughs> this time you have drones that you can't control. Oh my God. You're supposed to send them in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> This time you have a bomb that you have to defuse, no. but no. it's a rhythm game. This time you have a rock, <laughs> you have to hit a button. <laughs> yeah, true, true. All of this did happen. Um, but it, it reminds me of video games trying to do Saving Private Ryan, the opening scene from that, which like everyone that I've ever heard talk about it was like, oh my God, that was so intense, but it's like so real and so like visceral. And they were like, this is like an amazing portrayal, whereas so many movies aren't. And that's so cool because of that. And if you think of video games as a medium, like you're immersed in that world, um, it's extra powerful. And I feel like Call of Duty tries to do that a lot where like bombs are going off everywhere and grenades are flying and people are shouting and people are dying and you're moving up and you're falling back and you're doing all the sorts of stuff. And it's just very, very crazy and chaotic. And I think that's one of the core feelings that these war games want to convey to you is just the absolute chaos of some of these intense moments. Um, and so I feel like they like, that's that's like a staple of Call of Duty. I feel like they had to, to include that part also. And so it's like, it's just, you just, you just see it and you know, it's like, this is going to be just chaos. Like it, it just, it feels like a lot of these scenes are just D-Day again. Um, but in their own way. And maybe that's just what war is um, or what it can be at times. Mm. So, oh, God. Yeah. Well, a lot of war is sitting around, right? Mm -hmm. They don't really want to show that. Oh, yeah. That's that's actually what I love so much about like sort of podcasts in general and like information in the more modern age is that a lot of people, especially like, okay, recently, you know, a huge topic that people have been really interested in for, I don't know, five or so years, I'm sure longer than that, but that's when maybe I started noticing it was just like learning about different people's perspectives on life and how they can like improve. And they want to learn from like people that are truly excellent at something very different from them. And they want to like learn about it. And so there has been just an immense amount of like knowledge coming out of military people that talks about what you're talking about, James, where it's like, oh no, like we do the reading because it's going to matter when the time comes, you know, we do, we study. Right. Like it's, it's like their, their ritual of like, no, it's 90% prep for some people in certain operations. And they're like, no, but that's the point. Like that prep is everything. Um, and I think that's actually a really beautiful concept. Like, I think the same thing for, for like football and athletes and stuff. Like for like football, like a lot of a lot of the time is spent watching film. That's what they call it. 
it's funny because in Counter-Strike they call it watching demos, but it's the same principle. It's watching the games that have already been played, whether you're watching yourself play to look for your mistakes, you're watching your team, you're watching your opponents and trying to learn information about them. Like a lot of these, and I, I think in many ways sports, in, in fact, that's the terminology they even use in like football and stuff, but like the battle is, you know, the, the sport or the war or whatever, but it's one in preparation and strategy. And so I just think like it's, I, I hope that that idea gets out there more to just people because I like think I, I just think that's a beautiful beautiful thing and I know you know I think it'd be a really powerful lesson to a kid being like yo I want to play football when I grow up it's like that's awesome you need to study or know how to study at least know how mm. to study because that's going to be a huge right. component of this also and I just think that's such a, what a beautiful accompanying message to that and I think that's coming out uh, maybe not here but i i think it's coming out if you listen to like people from a certain higher level operations of the military it's like oh you want to do this you have to be in incredible physical shape really amazing with a gun amazing with all sorts of other things able to jump out of a plane but also you need to do your homework like for real or at least be capable um and that i just think that's super beautiful like more like more <laughs> of that i guess um more <laughs> practical ways that we can directly relate study habits and these sorts of things to success in life i think is probably good for people that's <laughs> what i'm trying to say because dude i like and this is probably not true of all parts of the army it's probably definitely not true but i know a bunch of people that were like i hate school i'm going into the army and i'm like okay that's totally reasonable but they definitely can't do some of these things that you would see maybe in this game you know what i mean because you you can't just not do school and have no ability to like pay attention in class yeah. and then do these operations you, you can't right um yeah interesting yeah mm -hmm. god oh this game i will say small side tangent but feel free to come back in we did so we played this on i played this on controller and that's why i originally played call of duty back in the day and i just think i'm like officially over playing shooters on controllers man i just i don't know if i can do it anymore <laughs> it's like it's a sad realization for me because i played so many years of them on controllers and i loved them but like, dude, it was it was just. You're an old man, now, McCoy. You can't do I, it. I can't do it, man. It's not even. We like... had to turn on auto aim. Oh my god, we did. <laughs> dude, the auto aim was fucking with me because sometimes it would like jump straight to them. That was one of the yeah. That was one of the big um, innovations, though, yes. of um, uh, Call of Duty Four in shooters, right? Yeah. Um, Call of Duty Four auto aim was actually just auto aim yeah for controllers yeah. yep right yeah and call of duty 4 by the way was one of the ones with the absolute best auto aim that existed um and it had to do with the difference between when you're hip firing which is just like when you're not aiming down the sights of the weapon you're relatively fast so you can you know in terms of your sensitivity so you can move around and look around and check corners ish i mean not really but you kind of can um Unless you turn it up really high and you get those thumbstick extenders, which I had in high school because I was a baller. <laughs> They're, um, they attach onto your thumbstick and they make them twice as tall. So then you have twice the range of motion. And so you can be really fine with your movements because just the way that physics works. And so you could then like, you could increase your sensitivity by like two points in the game. So if it's like a scale where you're starting at five and 10 is the most, you could just go up to seven and it would feel the exact same, except that you would be just faster. Um, there's like legit cheating. Mm. Um, because it wasn't cheating, <laughs> uh, I hope. Please don't ban me. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
like if so if you think about that you're hip firing right you can clear corners and be fast and mobile um but then you can't really do any precise movements and so in order to do precise movements you aim down sights which slows your sensitivity a ton and it gives you like a much more precise approach to the fight and a lot of games didn't have auto aim between these two so that's what that's what call of duty did like that was really innovative at the time is like if you were hip firing close to them like you're pointing generally close to them and you aim down sights it would not just aim down sights in the middle of your screen it would aim down sights towards the opponent in a, like a meaningful way and like pretty much towards their chest and so if you wanted to like trace them and follow them you'd have to move it from there like it's not going to give you the whole thing but it's going to start you at a good spot as long as you were in their general direction and so once this game came out I mean, dude, it was like excruciating to play other shooters on controller because you just couldn't be precise. Like it just felt, what? Oh, sorry, I thought someone said something. Um, you just couldn't be precise at all. Um, and it was just like, just excruciating, like just awful and horrible. Like this game basically just showed the world like you need to auto aim like in an elegant way or else like no one, like you couldn't go back. Like, the era of shooters before this mm. are like essentially not fun to play. Like you can't, it just feels terrible. Um, and so, <laughs> so much so that people learned how to uh, abuse the auto aim for Call of Duty back in the day. And they realized you could spin in a 360 and it would be like your screen would like twitch for a second when it was like locked on someone. And so that's how you could get all those like 360 no scopes that people did in those YouTube videos back in the day is that they were abusing the lock on system or the auto aim system to like get these sweet kills. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, like, like controller shooters, like basically weren't fun before this. They were like, okay, but like kind of excruciating. And then they got like, I would say at the time, at least amazing. And of course now at this point, I, I can't fucking handle it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. I should get some thumbstick extenders. Maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like kind of into that concept, man. They were awesome. Except I have small hands, bros. So I have small hands. And so like trying to like crane my thumbs over this thumbstick extender because it's like reaching up to like my ceiling. Um, it's like it's practically like a joystick <laughs> for each. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Fuck. <laughs> we should do that. All right. We should make this, you guys. Um, yeah. Oh. So let's see. Is there anything else we want to talk about in this? Uh, I'm just curious. Like I know we've like segued away and had like sort of a little lighter discussion. But is there anything else in terms of the the campaign that people want to talk about? If they want to talk about any of the scenes in particular, structure, anything like that? I would hmm. say all the stuff. I mean, kind of coming back to the point of like how it hits us all. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. It, it hit me all like a bit, um, all the action and like the the violence and kind of like the tougher choices. But the stuff with when you play as a young Farah mm. or Farah, that shit was like, oh my god, dude! Mm. You yeah. know, I, I feel like I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe that was thrown in as like extra shock value. You know, I'm sure that stuff does happen over there. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert by any means, but that stuff was like, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
just there yeah, the whole thing of you know you're you're playing as young Farah. you you know you get through help of others you're able to escape the rubble from you know a a drone strike or artillery strike or something that happened mm-hmm. you know unfortunately your mom dies in that you get out you get with your dad he takes you home to escape the city and then a crazed Russian soldier busts in the door, locks it behind him, kills your dad, and then you have to fight him off because he's going to do God knows what to you. Yeah, Dude, so that to me is actually like a, a theme that they did a bunch of times in this game that I think is like kind of why I think it sits so uncomfortable with people is that these types of games often, but most types of games even, are a power fantasy, you know? How cool would it be if I could, in a Call of Duty context, kill 40 people without getting hit um, and progress forward? Or in another video game context, how cool would it be if I could fly and shoot fire out of my hands? Um, and you know what? It's cool, honestly, um, to do those sorts of things. Uh, I'm willing to say that. But this game, in a, bold statement. But in a number of instances, this game <laughs> actually makes you feel helpless and powerless. And I think it succeeds, but oh my god, is that uncomfortable? Yeah. And it's so the opposite of that power fantasy video game thing, and you're like, whoa. Like. Oh yeah, I mean, especially for a Call of Duty game where you're like you're the hero, you're the guy, yeah, almost single handedly saving the world from the bad guys yeah yeah and they did it a couple of times because they did it with this Farah scene that you're talking about Farah scene that you're talking about and they also did it i guess that's is that later with Farah with uh the russian guy that you yeah it is because you stab him at the end and get your revenge but like even then in that sort of like torture interrogation scene where you're in a prison cell i mean yeah, they like, did it multiple times with her character where yeah yeah it, you know the scene with the russian soldier the scene where you and your brother later in that same, I guess, segment, you escape and then have to steal the truck. Yeah. And then, yeah, again, when you're, yeah, getting essentially waterboarded. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a fun scene. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. I don't... Yeah. I don't know if that waterboarding scene, like, landed with me. It just, the, the water animation just did not look that good, and everything else looked so good. <laughs> like, yeah, how, how do you animate waterboarding? <laughs> like, yeah. can't. Yeah. So. Plus, I yeah, found right. the solution. I think if you tried to animate it, like, realistically, it would just destroy the console and probably a computer as well. Yeah. Plus, unfortunately, <laughs> like, they're all mini games underneath the surface, and that's what's so silly about them, is that, like, it turns out hard left breathe hard right breathe hard left breathe hard life is like the answer to the puzzle and like i figured that out halfway through and then it was just sort of ridiculous but yeah but but outside of that what what was also ridiculous about that was um the fact that you needed to actually progress in the game right so the bad guy would literally tell you what to do Mm -hmm. in order to progress because he's the only guy talking because you're like drowning Mm -hmm. So he's like, breathe, Farah, breathe. And you're like, you're literally torturing me right now. What is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was kind of, it dipped into like some Hollywood villain. Yeah, definitely. Territory there. Definitely. Oh, yeah. for sure. Definitely. <laughs> like when he keeps offering you food or water and he's like, no. <laughs> he throws it away. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, it's like want some like, water? Yeah, there isn't any left. He pours it out. He's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Oh, but they like. So they. It's interesting. They are. There's a couple of really key instances in this game where they do allow you to look away from the if uh, if you're controlling it, like. For instance, in this particular scene, when he pulls in, like, the random innocent lady and is like, tell me the truth or else I shoot her. And, like, you can look away from her getting shot or you cannot. And it's just, it's just mm. like, an interesting little touch there. Because it do, it did, at least in me, evoke that feeling of, they, like, oh, my God, I want to see this. Um, yeah. And, and also, they actually do have some instances of player choice in this game, which is also very uncall of duty, mm. traditionally. Mm. But, like, you can, you know, if you choose the right speech options, you can save her. Interesting. Um, and kind of same with that scene uh, where you play as Kyle and you capture the, the evil guy, the butcher. Yeah. And then you, uh, you and Price are torturing him. And you bring in his wife and his child as bargaining chips. Yeah. Right. And you can fully choose to just not enact out that scene. Oh, right, right. You can just oh, leave, you can, right? When, when it says, are you out, you can say, I'm yeah. out, and then you don't yeah. have to watch that. And when you... Jeez. It's all, yeah, and also someone, uh, one of your group actually opts out in the middle as well to be like, I yeah. just can't yeah. do this, man. And I actually think yeah. that's kind of a really fascinating concept because I don't think I've ever seen a bad guy torture scene where someone opts out in the middle. You know, it always feels yeah. like when a bad guy torture scene happens, everyone's like loving it. And like, they really try to paint this as like, we don't love this, but we got to get it done to like save the world, you know? Right. God, you know, as, as bad as it sounds, I do, I do love that line that, uh, Nikolai says when you open the, the back of the door or you open the back of the truck and then you see the his the the villain's wife and child there and he just goes and Kyle's like what is this and uh Nikolai's like bargaining chips for negotiations <laughs> yeah. oh my god perhaps yeah. the butcher will have a change of heart you're just like oh my god yeah, dude. dude yeah yeah also calling them truth serum yeah, yeah. wow oh my yeah. god i'm like oh man that's oof Oof, but it's true. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, it's not even that. Like, one thing I find especially poignant with that scene that I'm appreciated, I appreciate the game did because I feel like if they, like, this isn't a mother and son hostage that's just completely speechless the entire time and just cowarding in a corner. Like, you have mm -hmm. to walk with them to the butcher and the whole time the kid is like, telling their mom being like you know i, I want to go home like what's happening and you hear the mom just being like yeah no no we're fine like we're yeah. just gonna go home soon yeah. like this will be all, all over soon and so like you actually have to hear their fear as you're walking to interrogate this guy using them as bargaining chips um which i mean the game didn't have to do like i feel like in other yeah. scenes if like family members are used as bargaining chips it's usually done as like they're already in the room with the person being interrogated like you never have to hear 
those bargaining chips's uh, thoughts and feelings yeah. beforehand yeah. with other yeah. games. And then her yelling at him for getting them involved. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dude, it's true. There's a yeah. ve- it's like it's really quick what you're talking about, but you're right. It's so it lands so hard cuz there's just like one I feel like there's one really well-delivered line where she just says like we're just going to talk to some men and then we're going to go home. And like but the yeah. way she delivers it, and I'm not a voice actor, so I can, is like, she doesn't believe it necessarily, you know? And it's just yeah. like, oh, fuck. It just feels so awful. It just feels so awful. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's, like, older now, you can kind of tell, you know, it's like a, a mother trying to, she's just trying to reassure her son. And she knows right. it's not a good situation. But she's doing everything she can to, you know, keep her son from freaking the fuck out (laughs) and and i will say like you know they even talk about this in a little bit of a different context but like you know it's always like we're the good guys we don't do that stuff but then there's always this huge glorification of like we're doing this off the books because we're gonna do it right you know and that's like such a spy slash war thing and this happens a lot in this game like price is like okay you want me to clean up the mess like you gotta like let me do it like give me vacation days to this place, you know? And she's like, okay, fine, but only use their guns, you know, like that sort of stuff. And so it's kind of badass in those instances because price is pretty badass, but the premise is terrifying because basically what they're saying is like, and that's what this woman knows that's getting dragged into this torture area is like, no one's going to, the U.S. is not going to answer for this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like this is not, or I mean, he's, he doesn't work for the U.S., but yeah. Yeah, I guess he works for British intelligence. England. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, but like, this is not. None of that shit matters here. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think they try to paint the. I, I think now. that's why also why people love the Price character so much because he's always been that like, whatever it takes kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't play by, the quote unquote rules. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is badass, but it's also but terrifying. But like seeing that in action, yeah seeing, yeah, seeing him actually do that is horrifying, yeah. Right. Gabe, is there an option where you can actually kill them, the wife and kids, or kid, or no? No, you can't kill okay. them, but you can kill the butcher after he okay. uh, reveals the info you need. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. And you can, you'd shoot him, and then obviously the wife and child freak out. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's, um, these decisions are okay this is a strange concept but i do think this is kind of important it's like these decisions are so ethically weird that oftentimes it ends up being what makes me feel better it's not even like what's the best for the world because like that guy might have gone on to kill 500 more people by letting him live but like am i capable Mm. of killing him right here in front of his family like no like, do you know what I'm saying? And so then, ultimately, as weird as this is, I made that decision because I didn't want to feel bad. But I didn't make it based on his capability of damage to the world. And in fact, I think chasing him, he probably killed a bunch of people, you know? Even then. Um, and he's definitely going to probably keep, I, you know, it's just his word. And he, I don't even think he even says, I'm not going to do it anymore, you know? And so that's just, it's just an uncomfortable ethical place to be. Just purely. Um, right. It's just awful. Um, 
And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in these games. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I just think it's really strange how I think ultimately we just choose to, to minimize our own discomfort. And like, because what do you do? How do you make that equation? It's just such an uncomfortable concept and thing. And I think that's just kind of all of what they're getting at here. He's like, do the ends justify the means? Obviously, like that's a classic idea. But still, I mean, I think it applies here. But then it's also been like, what are you willing to do? Like, what are you willing to see? It's just, oh, oh, God. I mean, dude, people- there's also like that old saying. This is going to sound super edgy and I hate it. But okay. <laughs> there's also that old saying of, you know, sometimes the best way to save a life is by taking another. Right. Yeah. But like, that's not easy to make that decision like that's just you know what i mean like oh yeah oh, god but that's kind of what this game is trying to tell you about war is like these are the decisions in war they all feel like this and then they sort of give you reprieve because they're like actually these 40 guys don't matter so kill them um and you're like cool thank god um yeah. you know but then they do present you with that sort of stuff too and you're just like dude because like for instance by the way i'll call all you motherfuckers out when we're sitting there in those torture scenes and there's options, like, should I say, say, say this or this? Every motherfucker's silent because no one wants to make that choice. So I, as the player, have to choose. Um, but I don't blame anyone for being silent. And then we, com- and then we blame you for your exactly. choices. But it's because nobody wants to actually do that. <laughs> nobody wants to step up in that moment and try to, try to in that case, it's get their way out without the bad circumstances. But also nobody wants to make the hard choices when they come to balancing lives and other stuff like that. And totally. Like, that's just what this yeah, game I want to go on record and say I never once criticized your options or your choices, McCoy, mm-hmm. because I'd already played the Thank game. You. I only criticized you for your piss poor rhythm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just general aim, yeah. And also, like, the moment when McCoy threw a flashbang at a wall and blew himself up. Like, Okay, oh, that's pretty I good. did flashbang oh, yeah. kill myself, and I did flashbang my entire crew one time in a room. Because um, I bounced it off the doorway These wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's that all did happen. Um, I did actually one time flashbang myself, but not die. Turns out the flashbangs this game do damage, fun fact. Uh, don't flashbang yourself point blank but i once flashbang myself not point blank and breached and cleared essentially a room by flashing the room but mostly me walking in and everyone else is not flashed all the enemies are sitting there with guns looking at me and i'm like swiping my eyes like what the fuck oh like (laughs) so that happened also (laughs) it's true it's very true that's another thing, by the way, that controls really struggle with is that the, the house they did this a couple of times where it's a really vertical house. And so it's really tight corners like you're in a hallway <coughs> and you're clearing a, a room and a floor and you have to go hard left all the way, hard right all the way. And anything in there could be threatening uh, or innocent. Dude, that is devastatingly hard to do um, in on a controller, but actually in real life as well that's just hard to do i mean and in fact dude if there's anything that i've learned from video games it's like and and like specifically shooter video games if there's anything that like the world should know that i know it's that walking into a room where i can't see left and right immediately just gives me slight anxiety (laughs) because i just know (laughs) i just know that if i'm looking left, is that true in real life now too yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah like (laughs) because it's just that feeling of like if you don't know what's behind you you know you're like, ooh, you're like hairs on the back of your neck are like, they're basically just telling you like you don't know what's behind you. So you should look. 
okay, I appreciate that message. But that message has gotten really intense now that I understand the geometry of if I looked left in this hard 180 room, right? Enter a doorway that you can go left, you can go right. It just feels uncomfortable to not know what's over on the other side where I think, cause like, cause in video games, that's where people hide. They just hide on one of the two sides of those corners, you know, and you have to know that they're both right. clear. Um, but it's just, it's just so silly to be like walking in to just like a building. And then I'm just like, hmm, left, right. Okay. You know, I just, I just need to, I just need to. Cause like, I don't know, maybe there's like a cart over there that needs to like me to move out of the way, you know, like I'm going through an aisle. Maybe I need to get out of the way. So I'm like, I need to be sure that I, you know, know what's going on. And it's just like such a weird thing to take from all this, but it's real. <laughs> Checking corners is real. Um, slicing the pie, they say. <laughs> or slicing the pizza. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. There was also some non-trivial like hoorah in this game too. You know, there was also like some oh my god, what are we going to do? And then it's like you're blinded by this light of a helicopter and then motherfuckers like come down on the, you know, ropes and shit and they like save you. Um, and there's definitely people that are like really jazzed about what they're doing and all sorts of shit like that. So there's definitely that too. Although I think it's a lot less emphasized in this game than maybe in previous. Like, you know, that, you know what I'm talking about? That kind of like military porn, like concept. Just like the pure glory of like just the action and the brotherhood and all that stuff. I think it's a little bit de-emphasized. I mean, Price still has it, but like there's a couple of moments you definitely see it where people are cowboy-esque, you know? Right. I think a lot less. Yeah, that is true. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, I feel like it's, it's definitely, it plays its part. It's like cinematic shit. You know? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Last thing I'll mention before I think we might attempt to try to rate this thing, which I'm excited to hear people try to do. But uh, one thing they do here is they do. Um, I don't know if this is the actual name of the plane that they use this time around, but the other one in previous games was was famous. It was the AC-130, but it's just famous for it has that like it's almost like night vision, but it's like black and white kind of it's kind of like drone footage or whatever but back in the day it was actually on a plane and like you can see and you can like see people as these white uh like silhouettes of themselves like running around and then basically like, you shoot them with missiles and they like you like blow up and there's like you know uh debris that flies everywhere and stuff like that and i remember this being a really controversial thing of previous games um because that is exactly what the footage actually looks like from things that got leaked like uh from wikileaks um like watching, uh, like that's exactly what it looks like when you drone strike people, innocent or not. And we've had in our history some atrocities. And so it's it's that particular thing is it's so strange because it's like it's just like it feels so video gamey, but like actually that video gaminess is the reality. And it's like kind mm. of terrifying in an almost an Ender's Game way, where it's like, wow, it's that easy. I could do this from my house. Like I am doing it from my house. Um, and I think that's partially why everyone has joked about this for 10 years, but like it's not an accident that the military looks at video game players because, and it's not just because they've desensitized violence or whatever these other concepts, but it's also because some of these methods of violence are becoming video game-esque things that you need to control with controllers or joysticks. And right. it's just 
extra crazy to see that in this sort of game and then think about that's probably exactly the same um, as the real thing. And they, they may even honestly use a controller. I don't know if they do. They probably don't. They probably have a custom oh, they, interface. They do. They do. They do for some wow, applications. They wow. Yeah. Whew. Yep. I mean, it just goes hand in hand with kind of like modernization and like why send in humans when you can send in a yeah. robot. Also, why why invent your own proprietary controller when Xbox makes a perfectly usable yeah. one? Well, I would argue that Xbox does not make a perfectly usable one, but <laughs> that's only because I've had problem, <laughs> problems, uh, problems with my controller. But yes, you're right. That makes sense. <laughs> what are they going to use a PlayStation <laughs> controller? Come I don't on. know, dude. I just want my Elite controller. <laughs> that monstrosity. To work. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, cool. Um, let's try to rate this thing, James. I'm going to step. Wait. I was. I was going to say step you up to the plate. I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, do you want to try this one first? How How does this sit in the pantheon of games we've played, and how did you feel about it? And what's a rating? Yeah. Um, so I have played most of this myself. Um, but, um, I didn't finish it. Um, I think I will give this a one thumb up. Um, I think that it's, um, uh, it's, first of all, it's beautiful to look at. That's, uh, impossible to deny. Um. Second of all, uh, the 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 shooting of the guns is absolutely like excellent. It it feels great to play this game. Uh, just amen, from a, brother. <laughs> from a um, a tactile feedback sort of a way, um, and um, I I really appreciated. I wouldn't say enjoyed because it's not I, this isn't a game you enjoy on a certain level uh it's um but the ex i i definitely appreciated the experience and um like that game that that level we were talking about where you have to in um it's like a home invasion uh in outside of london um that's also a cell of terrorists and um and men and women and uh some of the some of the men and some of the women are non-combatant they just cower on the floor and then some of them pretend to do that and then grab weapons and shoot at you and then there's the baby and um playing through that um really kind of like I already understood on an intellectual level how incredibly difficult um, uh, it, it is to do that kind of work, um, and but but doing it myself is a is, an, is a totally different thing. Um, it was just uh, kind of eye opening, I want to say, um, and I I value that experience. Um, because it, it just, it felt real. And I know that, that there's nothing that's real about it on a certain level, but, um, but yeah, it was pretty, 
intense. So, um, yeah, one thumb up. Uh, I don't really appreciate, I don't really enjoy, uh, you know, committing war crimes, but it's, it was a valuable experience. Awesome. Uh, Zoe, do you feel similar? How do you feel? I mean, I have the same sentiments as James, although I have the caveat in that I did not play this game, uh, nor did I, I guess I, I d didn't have the experience of seeing it in action or experiencing it in action. Like Warzone has been the only way I guess I've been able to experience the weapons in the game. Um, the story is very valuable. I appreciated. Uh, the story it was trying to tell. I did think the pacing of the story was really well done for a campaign. Um, it kind of just had its point. It got to its point in a decently paced manner. It didn't, no part of the game seemed all that drawn out. Um, and every chapter of it did seem valuable to the plot uh, in some way. So that's good. I think still overall, I'll give it a meh. Um, like, war games just aren't really my thing in general. Um, and also, but I also think, like, my meh rating has something to do with the fact that I didn't play it either. So, like, I guess we'll have, like, a meh asterisk just because, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that does, like, you know, bring detriment to that. Um I don't know, like, it, it was enjoyable to watch the game being played in its entirety, and I'm glad I did. Um, like, it is beautiful, I'll give it that. But, like, for me, it, it was it's not really, like, on the same level of games that I've given one and two thumbs up at, where it's just, mm. like, really resonated, where it's like, damn, I'm going to think about this for a while now. Um, it's just kind of like... It's an important story. I, it, I I am grateful because also it kind of showed me like a different side of Call of Duty from what I'm usually attuned to, just given from like just overall media perspective as well as just like, I guess, gamer stereotype. So that's also good. Like I will say like my opinion of Call of Duty has changed after seeing this campaign. It has changed positively. Um... But, like, I think in general, like, I think it all just kind of balances out to a meh. But, yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. Fair. I guess it'll be me, then you, Gabe, since you picked it, you can do the, the closing. Um, yeah. Uh, it's hard. It's hard for me. Uh, I don't know, like... I don't love torturing myself, I guess. Um, <laughs> like, why not? Why I know. Not? I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, lately. And it's funny because, like, you know, Zoe just said, like, you know, I'm probably not going to think about this game much after <clears> the <throat> playing it. And I, I think I would if I wasn't so just, like, generally worried about the world. And that was taking... Can I add a, can I add yeah, one absolutely. more point? I yeah, really yeah, yeah. actually forgot. Like I also realize like 
I am also coming at this game after not having played any of the older games as well. So like all of the character references that they do in this game, character references where like you know that the that the orchestral beats and like the reveal clearly is meant to be like an oh shit kind of moment and like that just doesn't happen with me they're like oh we're gonna oh, have 100 yeah. me too on that <laughs> i've never played any of the other games and so it's like and this is some yeah, guy you soap. don't know yeah, you're so. like who the fuck soap and he's like classified <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly I don't know. Like, I, I know because, like, Brandon's played this game before. And, like, when that part of the game showed up, Brandon was just like, oh, shit, that's going to be so hype. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, like, I guess. <laughs> um, so, like, I also feel like maybe that also plays into my overall rating just because I also don't have a relationship with this franchise, like, coming mm. into this either. Um, all right, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. Uh Let's see. Um, yeah, I guess I was just talking about like you know, it's tough. This game's tough on the on the soul. <laughs> and I I guess what I was saying before is that you had mentioned that you weren't going to think about this much after the fact, and I I don't think I will either. But I have thought a lot about about it, and it's like almost like is it like too real? Like I don't know. Like this game it has everything that I would what I would want in something that would make me think afterwards about it. But I don't know if I would enjoy it. <laughs> and so maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that I read much less news these days. Because I'm like, I could think about this and poison myself, or I could not. Um, and I think at some point I choose not to. Um, so I kind of feel like that with this game. It's like, it's... It's a little bit of like poisoned reality in terms of your experience. Like it'll it'll hurt. Um, but maybe that's something you should be exposed to and maybe it isn't. I don't really know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think like yeah, it's just it's just tough because it hurts, man. I mean seriously, like that sounds so silly, but like that's how I feel. Um, so I think I'll probably end up I don't know. I was thinking of Matt as well. But, like, I think that's just my opinion of these types of games. Like, it felt... I don't know. Like, maybe a little... A little generic? I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, like... It... The shock value... Like, it it, it did what it wanted to do, I guess what I'm trying to say. And that's normally a positive. But to me, I'm like, I don't know if I want what you wanted to do. Um... And I think that's kind of where I land. It's like, wow, you did this really well. And I bet for someone that, that, that like wants this, even if they don't like it, they don't enjoy it, they might enjoy it on a deeper level or a higher level or something. They might enjoy learning about this, even if it's bad. Like for me, I don't know if I enjoy uh, feeling this stuff, even if it's bad. So I think that's kind of where I I land on it. But like... I- so it's like a starseed pilgrim. Like it does what it's trying to do, <laughs> but... You disagree with it for trying to do that? It's exactly like Star Seed Pilgrim. <laughs> it is exactly like Star Seed Pilgrim. A parallel we never knew we needed. Yeah. Star Seed Pilgrim, another game that I really wish I hadn't thought about more afterwards. <laughs> but I couldn't get it out of my mind. Yeah. Um, 
but like i don't know i think i do i want to stick with with me as a rating but i do want to bring the caveats of i think i enjoyed like some aspects of this game and i think that's this is i'm I'm essentially rating my my experience of the game but it's almost in this case like i i think it's very very specific to who you are and what you want and how much you can handle and some people i think would be very would be served very well to play this game and and push themselves a little bit out of their shell um and i totally respect it for doing that it seems like it did it really well and maybe in a way that a lot of other call of duties haven't um and at least to me all the controversial stuff in this game like the changing of history or whatever not none of that stuff like really bothered me i totally get it if it bothered other people i it felt like if i hadn't seen that outrage online i am certain to you i wouldn't have noted it um and so that to me is my litmus test because people online will tell me i should be mad about something because they know about it and i'm like i don't know anything about this (laughs) like you're telling me um and so i try to like just let that lie so fair enough like i think if that stuff bothers you you've probably already seen all the articles and so you can just avoid it um yourself but to me, I'm like, if this bothers you, man, welcome to the rest of Call of Duty. It's all like this, dude. This is another scene where you just kill a bunch of people. Like, you, they they switched some of the details, so then maybe that feels uncomfortable. But, like, they, if you can read between the lines, they're saying this stuff in all their games all the time. So, okay. Um, yeah. But, like, I think for the right person... I think you could really enjoy this. And I think like technically beautiful, like beautifully done. And like you guys said, like pacing is really nice and all that stuff. Um, and even like variety is very nice. Uh, and just like cool factor is like high in terms of like the, the, the characters and, and all that stuff. But actually, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I actually think this game is too short for me personally. I think I would have liked more depth in some of these characters but I just don't think that's really what they were going for. So it's not like they needed to do that or anything, but I would have liked, I think it, you could have gotten deeper into them and there could have been more depth that way, but they kind of kept it surface level um, for a lot of the characters that are super badasses. Um, cool. Uh, to be fair, just to add to yeah. that real quick, I think that's also probably a case of, since they're rebooting the franchise, that'll probably be something that comes in the sequel. Yeah. Maybe who knows, but I think like yeah, it's I think it's like they went minimal with that for you know the first game and what will probably be a series. Yeah. I hope, and that's kind of the yeah, dude. That's a great point, and I think that's another thing I kind of hope for people is like I I I hope they keep making these campaigns. I do, um, because I think they do serve a role. It's interesting because. I think a lot of people are having a legitimate conversation about why does Call of Duty even have the campaign, and I guarantee you their stats are something like, you know, 10% of people play the campaign, or 25% of people play the campaign, or like 5% of them finish the campaign, and that they've played thousands of hours of multiplayer. So, like, there's a real reality that we could face, and in fact, one of the previous games just didn't even release with a campaign, but that might have been for other... But seriously, like, it just didn't come out with the campaign and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, and allegedly that might have been because it just didn't come together in time and they just cut it. Um, but, like, there's a real reality that they cut these campaigns entirely. Like, the mass, uh, the multiplayer is has the mass appeal and is successful right now. And so you could see them getting leaner and not hiring all these uh, amazing voice actors and face modelers and whatever else. Like, they could skip all that. 
if they wanted, and it would have seemingly very little effect on the landscape for Call of Duty. But actually, like, I I don't know. I think the people who do enjoy it, like, really enjoy this stuff, and I hope they get to continue on with their stories and and keep doing that sort of stuff. Because um, I think they really are faced with business decisions that might say, is that worth it? And I bet you the answer from a monetary standpoint in the immediate is no. I do wonder if that might be something that would maybe anger gamers or maybe, you know, even people who didn't play it are mad. Very possible. Um, but I kind of hope they continue and, and keep going um, for their sake. What about you, Gabe? You're like the Call of Duty guy. Surely this is your favorite game of all time, right? How dare Sorry. you? <laughs> oh, guys, is that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, yeah, I think... I think what they've done here is really... I think you got to look at it comparatively, mm-hmm. you know. It they did I know a lot of people have kind of criticized this campaign for not being like deep enough and they're all they've all been comparing it to like Spec Ops the line. And you know, there there is a fairness to that. Yeah, it did not go nearly as deep as Spec Ops the line and they pulled a lot of punches, you know, when they could have delivered so much more. Um, but you also got to look at it as it's Activision and they're selling a very influential and like, you know, a very money driven and making product. Um, so they're not going to like go full on controversial, you know, they're not going to do some crazy things that could potentially damage their income. But on the flip side of that, you know, compared to past Call of Duties, this one is very controversial. You know, Call of Duty was always just like, go from point A to point B and kill everyone along the way and congratulations, you're the hero. With, you know, a ton of like action sequences that would, you know, put movies to shame thrown in there. Like running away from exploding missiles or jumping out of an exploding airplane or something crazy and over the top. And while those were like fun and all, you know, I, I've enjoyed playing a bunch of Call of Duty campaigns just because they're wild and crazy and hectic. And you're like, oh, my God, wild. But this is the first one that really kind of makes you maybe take it at a slower pace and kind of think about what you're doing. Like, this is the first one I can think of where, you know, you have an attack on you have like a terrorist attack on a big city and you're running through the immediate aftermath. So you're running through crowds of both terrorists and civilians who are just trying to get out of there. And you kind of have to watch who you're shooting. And while it does say, you know, like with the baby, you know, babies are non-combatants and you're not supposed to kill civilians. They have those instances where you can technically shoot and kill civilians and the game doesn't really punish you. There is like an internal thing that keeps track of that. And, you know, there are little rewards you can get for, you know, acing the mission where you don't like shoot any civilians. Um, But, you know, it's not like it, it kind of kind of it gray areas. It, so it's not like, oh, my God, you're killing civilians. How dare you? But it is like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. But this is a crazy event going on and everybody's running and it's chaos. So it's kind of, you know, understandable that it would happen. 
And that's like very controversial for a Call of Duty campaign. Same with the, you know, the the clean house mission where you're, you know, sneaking up on an unsuspecting, uh, I guess, you know, terrorist cell, but there are women and children inside. And also the case of there being women in the campaign and there are ones that are non-combatants and others that, you know, you kill the guy with them and they immediately pick up the rifle and try to kill you. Also hugely controversial for Call of Duty. So I, I think they went out and I think they accomplished something very, very prominent. And I think a, a step in the right direction for Call of Duty. And I think that it's, it's, I think I'm very impressed by what they did. Um, and my hat's off to them in that regard. Could they have gone further? Yes. But like I said, comparatively, they've gone a huge step from what Call of Duty used to be. I mean, it, Call of Duty was a meme. And it always will be to some extent. But for a while, yeah, it was just like the same thing over and over and over. And this is the first time in probably since Call of Duty 4 that it's felt like a, a brand new thing. And it only took, what, like 12 years? <laughs> and how many millions of copies? Um, yeah, exactly. And I think it's even more notable how the, the great reception it's got in this era of games that have since come out, like that now have, you know, series to it that are comparative to Call of Duty. The fact that this can come out be like, one in many of this series and still have the impact and the sales that it had is impressive it reminds me of when they redid yeah. like assassin's yeah. creed it seems like that's what these big companies are learning is like take a step back from your formula like redo it modernize it but maybe improve it like can you make it bigger and better than it ever was before something to get people excited again and that's what oh, this yeah. is for sure yeah and i appreciate that they are rebooting an old series because everyone loved i mean not everyone but tons of people loved the modern warfare series and so i'm glad they were just kind of like let's just reboot that make it grittier and all that and not just start some new franchise where they're like i don't know space warfare again but a new series and it's like no we don't want that <laughs> um so I yeah, I'm impressed by what they did and I'm gonna give it I know you hate this, but I'm gonna give it a thumb and a half because Yeah 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 Nah Because I think yes, they could have gone they could have gone and pulled more punches than they did. I mean they could have delivered with the punches and not pulled yeah. as many yeah. as they did. Um But I think they're they're also kind of constricted more than like a smaller company who could, you know, in theory get away with more because they're not known. They're not like, they don't have this established franchise like spec ops did. And also like, you know, kind of the critique of spec ops is that the story is incredible, but the gameplay isn't fun. Whereas with COD, with this COD, you know, I think the story is good or great, not incredible. But the gameplay is really yeah. fun, dude. For context, and I think that kind of hit homes that hits home more. Can you explain, or 
the spec ops like i've heard about the like twist to spec ops and why people think it's so good in this area and why it's not pulling any of the punches like do you have you do you know about that particular aspect or should i illuminate or i think so um you might know more about it i haven't delved super deep into that game but i do know like some of the 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 punches it delivers i mean i I wouldn't say i know more but it's just like very like outs it it takes the sequences where you kill the 40 people with with zero shame and it humanizes all of those after you've done them so like you kill a bunch of people and then it's like never mind those were the good guys and it's like oh fuck like that's the the punch that they deliver in that game is that they make it so even the in-between sequences that feel like just the fun action movie like retroactively hit you as a person yeah i mean i know i know like one of the scenes in it is yeah i think you call in like white phosphorus or napalm or something and then you see you actually see the results of that which is horrendous and that was another instance where call of duty got a lot of the newest call of duty got controversies because they included a white phosphorus as a kill streak in the multiplayer yeah and it's in the campaign in the too but you know they don't really aside from that quick bit at the very first mission they don't really show like the effects of it they you know they show like a bunch of burning stuff they show some like guys on fire but it's very quickly passed and in campaign you know you, you just you die from it but there's it's not like horrendous whereas in real life if you got hit with that it would be horrendous to witness and even just see the aftermath but you know yeah and it's cod so they're gonna you know they're gonna make it edgy enough to get reactions but not step over the spec ops line yeah spec ops the line (laughs) exactly (laughs) because you know yeah because they're not gonna you can get away with a lot with an m rating but there are some things that you know they skirted the line but did not go over like in the embassy when you see that child run into the smoke and then the butcher shoots the gun. Cause if they had a scene where the kid died, it would instantly become like AO and then boom, that's going to dig into your sales immensely. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate what they did. Could they have done more? Sure. But I think for what call of duty is and you know, the established base they have, I think they did really well. And I'm going to give him one and a half thumbs. That's awesome. It's so funny that the, I feel like there's like a diverging point here, Gabe, don't you think? Where it's like, like maybe the people who are into these games are like, yo, they could go further. And I'm sitting there like, they could go less far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I would, I'd say that I would not be bad if they went further, but I, I do appreciate this side of like, Okay, but maybe not though. <laughs> yeah. And I think also I kind of like what Zoe said. I also I, I have a bias to this because I am invested with the characters that are coming back and have the past, you know, experience with the Call of Duty Modern Warfare franchise. So seeing those names be read and them coming back, I am sitting there like, "Ooh, yes." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. I think we did it. Seems like we did it. Indeed we have. Alrighty then. Well then, until next time.
wow, we are, that was off a roguelike block. Feels, feels different. And we're now going into walking sim or something along these lines. So we are just, we are running the gambit here. Um, yes. I'll so be back when be... Black Ops comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. When does that come out? November. Okay. Yeah, so we'll be playing a walking simulator genre of, you know, mystery genre. So we'll be playing next week What Remains of Edith Finch. Let's get it. So until next time, everybody, take care. <laughs>